What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Talking About Hoopla. Now, before we get into the podcast, I just want to say that this is the only video part of the podcast. Also, I do want to apologize if you hear a lot of whining or barking. I was watching someone's dog while recording this, so that's partially why there's no video. I kind of had to jump in and out a lot to just take care of that, so it was easier just to not do <coughs> video for that, for this podcast, but had a great time emerson thank you for coming on the podcast talk about a lot of things ranging from antonio brown to the new england patriots draft to tom brady and ravens wide receiver situation among other things that we'll get into once you listen to the episode but make sure to subscribe like the video as well the podcast is available on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, anchor anywhere podcasts are available you'll be able to listen and watch this on youtube and spotify now so i thank you and enjoy the show. Predictions. Like the Tyron Matthew signing. Yeah, that was a good one. I I mean, hey. Uh, yeah, we can he's get He'll be that. a very good leader for them. Oh, 100%. I have a feeling he's going to be – I don't think he'll start. I, their defense is so good. I don't think he's going to play as many snaps as he thinks he's going to play. I mean, maybe, but they lost Marcus Williams to uh, Baltimore. <laughs> True. Yeah. Dude, when they uh, – by the way, we are recording just so you are aware. Um, dude, when Baltimore signed Marcus Williams, I was hype as fuck because I knew it was like the safety position's kind of been always up in the air ever since like Ed Reed left. And like yeah. Eric Weddle I mean, did they, a good they, job. They've had some good stop gaps. Yeah, and then like Eric Weddle was good for a while, and then they had like people like Deshaun Elliott, and now they have Chuck Clark. And a few other guys that kind of who were out of position for that, but overall getting Marcus Williams and then drafting Kyle Hamilton, I was like, yo, Kyle. It was the fact that Baltimore got Kyle Hamilton at fourteen. I was like, dude, this is the greatest. This is the greatest draft day ever. I, I honestly can't believe he uh, he got out of the, outside the top ten. I mean, uh, I'm I'm not a hundred percent because at least from all the mocks I saw from. Like people like Todd McShay or Peter Schrager, things like that. It was always just like you had the consensus, like Trayvon Walker, uh, Thibodeau, Hutchinson. You had like Evan Neal. Yeah, I would say Neal. Of, yeah, then you had uh, Iguanu was kind of floating in and out of that. Um, the wide receivers, I knew wide receivers were going to go top 10. I honestly thought that like Garrett Wilson would have went higher to like eight than Drake London, but. People love Drake London. I don't know. USC players to me, I'm not the biggest fans of personally, but. Uh, I feel like they always fail to impress most of the time. Uh, and, and unless you're uh, skill wise, uh, I do feel like they produce better uh, offensive linemen and defensive linemen than they do anything at the skill positions. Yeah. Cause even like for quarterback, I, I saw, what was it? Um, Sam Darnold was on busting with the boys. And he was talking about, oh, who are the top five, like, all-time USC quarterbacks? It was, like, Carson Palmer, Matt Leiner, like, Matt Barkley, Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez, and some other, like, guy who played in, I think, the 80s or 90s. And I'm like, that is the most average fucking quarterback room in the entire history of college football. And, like, I, I've never, even growing up, I was like, for whatever reason, like USC can, like you said, they produce pretty decent skilled players. Occasionally you had like with the Reggie Bushes and you had Juju and they had Robert Woods. I think he went to USC. Was it that? Or yeah. USC? Robert Woods was USC. Yeah. And they do produce like pretty decent wide receivers and occasionally have some. Any of them have like been true superstars. Oh no, not at all. Like Bush had the potential to be the most of a superstar, but injuries killed him. Correct. And also I am still on this. Uh, I think the NCAA should give uh, his Heisman back, even though they determined and that they're not going to, which is fucking bullshit. But, like, that's just my personal opinion, especially because, like, after all that happened, Pete Carroll just ran the NFL. He was like, uh, what? Allegations? Oh, allegations? Oh, I, I'm head coach of the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I have no idea what you're fucking talking about. It's like, sure you don't. Got it. Sure. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll just go fuck ourselves. Thanks. But even the fact that if you look at like a top five for that college, that Carson Palmer is their top quarterback ever. The thing is Carson Palmer, he was a really good quarterback at USC. I mean, guy was number one overall fucking pick. And he was a really, he was a, 
pretty good quarterback in the NFL. But if like that's the standard for USC, it's like that's like not great. I mean, I mean they, have, they have Kayla Williams now after he transferred from Oklahoma, and hopefully, like, kind of turn sure, it around. Yeah, and I'm sure he's only going to be there for like well, another year or two, just until he's draft eligible, and then he's going to go yeah. draft. I mean, yeah, I like, don't know if you're going to like this take. Oh, jeez. Um. Oh. And I do think Carson Palmer is a better quarterback than the two I am going to mention. Oh, <laughs> so scared. But I put him in the same class as Vinny Testaverde and Doug Flutie. Interesting. I that was not where I thought you were going. But okay, I, I can kind of see that. I mean, he is better than both of those players. But I don't think he is much better. Yeah, I mean, they all kind of fall in the same kind of ballpark. It was like they, they did. I mean, I know at least for Vinny, he had a lot of hype coming out of like Miami. Yes, he, he was supposed to be the fucking guy. And then it didn't really happen. It was like, okay, he was like a he was a decent quarterback in the NFL, but he wasn't anything special. At least like Doug Flutie had a few good years to where he was like, all right, you know, Doug Flutie can actually like fucking do this. But Carson Palmer at least got close to like being, I guess, considered properly successful for like an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I it's mean just, it was on the fucking Bengals most of his career. It's like, what do you expect to have? You, know, you know, you you finish ten and six, you're like, great, playoffs. Never could perform. Yeah, so it's. I mean, what he went to Las Vegas and then went to Arizona, and Arizona seemed always seems like the place where take a veteran quarterback, he can bring you somewhere. You're going to the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, you have Larry Legend there, so that did yeah, that did help a lot. That yes. I'm curious what's going to happen with Kyler now because you have DeAndre missing the first six weeks because he allegedly took uh, PEDs. Yeah, but I mean, he he's got a at least you know a, a number two that can be a number one. Yeah, I mean, which is still very weird to say that Hollywood Brown's a fucking Arizona Cardinal. <laughs> I Some... mean, he, he is quite clearly a number one receiver based on his production these last three years. Yeah, but he is the number two receiver. Oh, a hundred percent. And it was and weird. Coming that, that is to, not a bad thing. No, no, not at all. And I, because I remember sitting watching the draft. You're talking about Kyle Hamilton, and it was like, "Break my phone's blowing up." I'm like, "What the fuck just happened?" I'm like, "Oh, there must be a trade." It's Baltimore trade to Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals. I was like, "What the fuck just happened? Why?" And, and I, I, I just don't understand it because, you know, they didn't bring back Sammy Watkins. They got rid of Hollywood Brown, and they released Miles Boykin. So you guys are very thin at receiver right now. I mean, yeah, they have what? You have Tylen Wallace, who they drafted last year out of Oklahoma State. Yeah. Still have Rashad Bateman, who they drafted first round last year. Yeah. Um, They have James Prochet at SMU, who they got a couple years ago, and they still have Devin Duvernay. And they have like a couple like smaller name guys that like obviously aren't like guys everyone recognizes when you look at the depth chart. But I think the thing with Baltimore is, and they've always kind of had this issue, is that they don't really like developing wide receivers a whole lot. Even before like the whole change from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson, how the team is now. Yes. I mean, like, because what they had Mark Clayton in 06, and he, he had a good couple years, but he wasn't what I guess you'd want out of a first round wide receiver overall. Yeah. I mean, and then they go Derek Mason. Yeah, Derek Mason, great. He gets super he gets super disrespected by Ravens fans, and I'm not here for it like at all. I don't know why. Cause like right anytime like you talk about like all time Ravens like receivers, people bring up like oh Torrey Smith will get mentioned or even like Steve Smith Senior and Quan Bolden, but like no one brings up Derek Mason and I'm like he was a fucking animal for Baltimore when he was here. I honestly think the Ravens organization did Torrey Smith dirty. Yeah, I, I yeah, I get that. Like there there is no reason his career should have fallen off that badly. And again, I think it just goes back to, like I said, how Baltimore develops wide receivers. Cause they don't like doing that. I mean, I, I can sorry. understand that. Yeah. There's just one thing is that they've always had a consistent running game. And even last year they did, they had a long, a, a bit of trouble with longevity, especially losing your top two guys. Yeah. 
And with them still being hurt and not fully up to game action yet, maybe not have spent a... They they should have not... Oh, I just... I hate the Hollywood Brown trade. It makes no sense, especially when your run game is so fragile. Yeah, but... And Hollywood talked about... He talked about this like in a podcast or interview or whatever it was. And I looked up the numbers too, and it kind of makes sense. And the thing that I've been saying for years, just as a Ravens fan, it's like they just don't use him. And when they do use him, they're they're behind in the fourth quarter. And it's like, yeah, you guys, you guys went after him in the first round, so you expect him to be like the top option for the team. And yes, Mark Andrews also went in 2018, the same draft as Lamar Jackson, and I knew he was going to be a fucking baller. I knew when he drafted him in the third round, I was like, this guy was a, he was a unit in college, but. Mark Andrews became like the guy. The and Baltimore guy. loves tight he, ends. He's a better and, Dennis Pitta. Dude, if Dennis Pitta didn't have so many hip injuries, he'd be exactly. like he'd be the greatest Ravens tight end in NFL hit, like in, in just franchise history. Like, because he was awesome when he was playing. But it was those damn fucking hip injuries. Every single year. It would be like six weeks out of the year that he wouldn't play. You have Mark Andrews now, and he is showing you everything that Dennis Pitta could have brought. And hey, shout out to Dennis Petty. He just graduated college, so congrats yes. to him. Um, but Hollywood Brown, it's like they never really used him. And when they did, it was too late. And it's like, I, I just don't get it. I understand like Baltimore is a run team, like a running team first, and I get that. So the passing to an extent is gonna like lack. But you guys went after him in the first round. Like you wanted him on the team and you don't use him. Like, what was the fucking point? Like you're just wasting his time. And apparently he's been asking me to trade it for the last like two, three years. Yeah. So he was like, and I guess they were just like, no, we, I mean, Hey, you, we get it. You want to be traded. We don't use you enough. Go to a team that's hopefully will use you. And now that which obviously they seem they did on purpose because they must've known that Deandre Hopkins was going to get suspended at some point. So now they have him. So hopefully that. I mean, that's the thing is uh, with Deandre Hopkins, uh, it's, it's coming at a time when it's coming from a test back in November. So the team had to have had prior knowledge that this was happening. Oh, a hundred percent. Because like I saw when he mentioned that, I was like, "That's so strange." I'm like, "Why is this an issue now? Like, why wasn't that addressed that in December?" Yeah, it's like that's hella weird. And he was just like, "How how long do you keep samples of drug tests?" Right? Like, do you like just to find something super super tiny? Yeah. If anything, like, are you constantly just checking the same sample, or are you just like doing other samples? Like, their their testing must be really weird. And also, there's how quick. Like they will test you, and anytime you see like a guy have a decent game and it's out of the pocket, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna be at your house at four a.m. So uh, you better be ready to fucking take a fat piss." And it's like, it's, sick, it's like, oh man, you you went for eight one fifty and three touchdowns. It's the most you put up in three years. Let me see that pee. And it's like, god damn it, I'm just. Or anytime they post like a photo on fucking Instagram, they look kind of bigger, and it's like. Dude, they, it's not even been 35 minutes and they're already telling me to come to my, like be at the house. Or like, what's my location? What the fuck? It's like, I don't understand. But at least with the wide receiver situation in Baltimore. But with Baltimore, I mean, I just think if they actually give their young guys a chance, I think they can develop to be guys. Like Rashad Bateman last year, even after missing, what, six or seven games, he was playing, he had like, he was averaging like 10 yards a catch. It was like that. That's like super. You don't hear that from a rookie unless he's like a top guy, like a Jamar Chase or something. It was like yeah. the first round, and sorry, end of the first round. I mean, I, I got a, I got a really good, I got a good wide receiver trade. You guys can make right now. Okay, and it'll be uh six four, good hands. <laughs> it doesn't cost a lot. Is it gonna be? Is it Nikhil Harry? Is that what you're referring to, dude? I no, I don't want Nikhil Harry. He seems like a nice guy. I'm sure he's a great locker room presence, but I don't want him on the team. I mean, hey, we will we will trade you him, and you can give us an eighth round pick in 2029. <laughs> oh God, uh, no thanks. And I think even with like that, I see a lot of things with like, oh, Baltimore's got to get Antonio Brown. They need Julio. They need no. Jarvis. It's like if we if we do like the veteran thing again, it's not gonna work in this offense anymore. No. It, like, it's not going to be you're you're not going to find another fit like you did with Steve Smith. Yeah. Or even like uh, Anquan or even like Derek. I have a feeling they could bring in Julio say around uh spring training time. 
Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think they, they'd rather go with, with the guys they have and then maybe bring in a lower end guy that now you can get in Julio. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, there's no way Julio is getting any type of deal. Yeah. He's not going to get broken off or anything. I mean, the only, I think the only other wide receiver I could see is maybe like Jarvis just because based on his like blocking abilities. Yeah. Obviously you need a wide receiver. that's going to be okay with blocking a lot. Um, so I think maybe in that aspect, yes, but beyond that, I don't see them going after some like big name like fucking Debo or something. Because I remember when they announced that Debo asked for a trade, old Ravens fans like, "We need Debo." It's like I get it how he is and how his style of play is because he's he's able to do wide receiver and running back roles. But from everything I'm seeing, he wants the opposite of that. Yeah, he just wants to be a wide receiver again. Bless you. The the running back stuff takes up way too much physicality for a guy who's going to give you 11, 1200 yards a year. Yeah. And also like contractually, how is it, how are you going to pay him to be both? And I think that's the big uh, issue. You're going to pay him at the, the running back rate and tell him to suck it. Yeah. And then when he's uh, not playing and you guys are dog shit, it's going to be quiet. I mean, sure. They have Brandon Ayuk and he's, they have good, decent wide receivers and George Kittle, but like you kind of need Devo there. Especially if they're going to start Trey Lance at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, don't, I think Jimmy G eventually gets cut. I don't know. I mean, I think I think he'll get traded, but because of like there'll be some kind of injury issues on some teams where they need like just a decent backup for a guy or just someone to be there. And I think Jimmy G will just – I can see him like going to Indy if like Matt Ryan gets hurt or fucking something. Or, or maybe even – well, I know the Patriots drafted Bailey Zapp, but – Maybe he goes back to fucking New England, just backs up fucking Mac. He knows the offense. It's not like he doesn't. He does, and he's made enough money to where he can make Chase Daniel money. Yeah, probably even I mean, better. Bill's not going to pay him that. No. no. But I, I don't think we see uh, Jarrett Stidham or uh, uh, what's his name? Brian Hoyer. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Brian Hoyer making it out of uh, out of spring training. I mean, he he's an easy cut and guy you could bring to the practice squad. Yeah, I remember when you guys drafted Jared Sidham. Everyone thought like, "Yo, this is gonna be the guy. Like, he's gonna <laughs> be the next great like New England quarterback." Spent the and last two years of... out with shoulder surgery. Yeah, and it's like it just hasn't worked out. I mean, thankfully they got Mac Jones to fell to them at fifteen. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is the most Patriot fucking draft pick ever. And he walks, he, he walks like he walks like a fucking secretary, <laughs> like at like a high school. It's like the one time in ten years that Belichick hasn't uh, traded down, right? I mean, even it, the fact that you guys went quarterback in the first round is like super unheard of. It's like, what the fuck? I was genuinely shocked. Everyone's like, like, oh, yeah, they're going to have to uh, basically trade away three first-round picks to get up to, like, number three to grab them. It's like, no, nah, I'll just wait, like, a couple hours, and he'll be there. It's like, sure, yeah, okay. It's like, that. yeah, that's fair. And then he fell into their lap. It's like same thing with, like, Baltimore. It's like, even when uh, Lamar Jackson was coming out of the draft, I had no thought in my mind that Baltimore was going to get him. Not a single chance. And then it was like the 30-second pick, equals on the clock, and I'm like, fuck, dude, Lamar's going to get drafted somewhere else. Like, I love Joe Flacco, but it's like you can kind of tell that this was like the beginning of the end for him in Baltimore. Yeah. And then he trade, and all he sees is you see trade, and I saw Baltimore, like, we're getting fucking Lamar Jackson. I'm like, so excited. I'm like, let's fucking go. And then literally in his first eh, year plus when they finally let him loose. Oh, dude, MVP. Like, come on. Literal MVP. Yeah, I mean, I that 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 2019 year was, I mean, I feel like we should have gotten closer to a Super Bowl, but again, we were still really young and it was like adjusting everything because it was like first year with Greg Roman and trying to figure it all out. So like, I understand. Like, I mean, you guys had no rapport between any of the players. Everyone was all fairly new. Yeah, like everyone was being either traded or let go uh, early in that off season. I mean, you you still had Flacco, but like you said, it's he had been there ten years. He had kind of done his thing. Not many quarterbacks last ten years with one team. Exactly. I mean, hey, he he helped bring us a Super Bowl. 
So in my eyes, like I owe him my life because he did that. He did something that was very hard for Baltimore to do for a while. I mean, shit, we had Steve fucking McNair and Derek Mason who couldn't win fucking Super Bowl at all. Should have. It happens. But, dude, those, I remember those those McNair years were great. Being a kid, I'm like, dude, this we can win a Super Bowl. This team was great. Having Willis McGahee, like the running game was on point. Defense was awesome. Good wide receivers. I was like, yo, who you are just we? just had to run through the Patriots. Yeah, we yeah we know. <laughs> Fuck Tom Brady. Yeah. Okay, and speaking of that asshole, the shit that he pulled the other day with that TikTok, Justin Bieber's like, yeah, tell me something that's like honest. And he's like, huh. That tuck rule, I think it was a fumble. I'm like, you piece of shit. Come you know on. exactly what you're doing. Whoa. No, Whoa. no, because he knows. Because that, I'm sure he was like, Haha, they're all gonna think that he's like, I can imagine one like this. He made the TikTok. To everyone or whoever was there thought it was funny, and then probably was like, oh, I know it was a fumble, but like, that's you know, the second time he's done that. Yeah, he knows that shit was a fumble. He knows that rules bullshit. But it doesn't matter. This guy still has seven fucking Super Bowls. So at the end of the day, yeah, who cares? But it was also used against Patriots that same year. And he's like, I'm fucking taking that because they did it to us. And it didn't even exist after that year. So he still yeah. he still won six more. Yeah, I know. I lived in New England along with you guys. I get it. it See, like being a non-New England fan in New England was especially during like that during the Tom Brady era was literally like it's it was a nightmare because you guys were fucking relentless like it was like i'm a ravens fan so like i hate pittsburgh a lot like i don't like cleveland or you know cincinnati yeah and pittsburgh fans are extremely annoying because they love repping like oh we have six super bowls that even though you won like three like four of them in 70s but like, <laughs> like move the fuck on with that but you guys like took it to another level that i i I don't think anyone in the NFL like fandom could ever experience because you guys were relentless. It was relentless, like, but like they, the offense and defense was so interchangeable and every player was so interchangeable that the looks you got were so different. And even the year you guys went undefeated and almost literally completed a perfect season I just remember being like, ah, this had was of what two thousand seven. It it was kind of like a cheat code. Be like, you know, for seven years you you see Bill not paying up for anything, and then you know Brady gets his twenty five million dollar year year deal, and they get a steal of a trade with Randy Moss. Which, dude, that should have never fucking happened. Randy Moss should have went to Green Bay to play with Brett Favre, and then Aaron Rodgers would have been the quarterback of the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders. And then none of this would have happened. But no, Randy Moss was like, go to a hotel to see Tom Brady. He goes, I want to play with you. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> and then you guys almost do something. Literally one other team in NFL history decides that, oh, we, we can do this. Thank God Eli Manning was born because he he's the greatest person ever in my eyes. Like he took that's like he's like my Luke Skywalker. Like he <laughs> took down the Death Star and it was the greatest thing to happen in Star Wars history. And it's like we don't have this without Luke and Leia and everyone else destroying the Death Star. And then because he did it again did, four years later. And then he did it fucking again. He ran it back. He was like, You guys are getting close again, and I'm noticing this. We're taking you down. I'm just like, and Eli wasn't like that. He wasn't like an amazing quarterback. He was good. But that defense they had and, like, just the weapons they had even on offense and the offensive line, it was like, you know, these guys, like, they're, in my eyes, that's, like, it was, it was, like, art. It was, like, yes, thank you. It's, like, like any hero story, that's it to me. It's, like, it's literally, like, that's literally the definition of David versus Goliath. Because, like, that undefeated season was not supposed to end that way at all. It was supposed to be Tom Brady going 19-0 and and being, like, I'm the greatest of all time. And then some fucking guy from Mississippi was like, uh, uh, excuse me, my brother, but it's me. Beat me. Peyton who? Bitch, I'm Eli. Fuck around and find out. And it's like, oh, shit. Peyton may have had the better career, but I bested Tom Brady twice. Hey, in my eyes, that's even better than that. That's better than Tom Brady. It's like, sure, Tom Brady's great. Couldn't beat Eli. Got that. But hey, like I said, we got Trent Dilfer, which was, I mean, I don't mean to be mean to Trent because I'm not going to sit here and be like, 
I'm not one of those guys like, oh, I could have done better. But realistically, I think any quarterback of his like caliber at that time, you could have just plug and played, and then mm-hmm. anyone else could have been there. In, in yeah. my opinion, well, I, I mean, mean Dilfer wasn't meant to be, you know, that flashy guy. You guys had the run, correct the run offense that really carried you. But also, I think what Tony Banks got injured, and that's why he even got to that position because the dude got hurt, and he was like, well, we need fucking Trent to play. And then he just had a pretty decent year. Then also, it helped that we had Jamal Lewis, you know, be an absolute fucking animal in the run game. And then, you know, just arguably the greatest defense in NFL history also that year. So, like, that helps a lot. So, that was yeah, that was really nice. I, I still don't like how people compare uh, the 2019 Patriots to that Ravens defense. Because even though the stats may show up better... I still think the better team that would have come out in any game is Baltimore. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I agree, but that's because I'm super biased. So, like, I can't, I can't disagree with that. Like, it, it was one of those hyped up defenses where I'm not saying that they weren't a very good defense, but they weren't. They were a beatable defense, and they weren't a smothering defense that I think better teams were like the Ravens were. Yeah. And at least going back to Tom Brady for a second, and this is more of like a media thing that I have an issue with more than it's like Tom Brady himself. I think the Tom Brady story is great. You know, had a kind of rough college career, didn't really go the way, you know, he really wanted. Goes in the sixth round, 199th overall pick. Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. Tom Brady takes over, becomes Tom fucking Brady. And then becomes the greatest quarterback of all time. Great story. Yeah. Go down the, the history. Is, even then, it almost didn't happen. Correct. But because, my thing is, oh, sorry, sorry. Because you know, Tom had to come out of the AFC Championship game. Uh, what's that. his name? Uh, came in, played very well, and Belichick's like, I don't fucking care. We're still starting Tom. Yeah, he could have started Dread uh, Drew Bledsoe. And never had the Tom Brady thing happen. Fuck you, Belichick. <laughs> like, that season could have been different if Brady left the game, Drew came in. Like, if Brady got hurt, we probably would have never heard from Tom Brady again. I mean, I doubt the, it. I the think fortune that we got by Tom Brady not being injured is hands down the biggest blessing ever. Yeah, but I think even if he had got injured in that game and, like, came back next season, I still think he would have done, like, because at least how he is, I would imagine he was like, I was this fucking close to being the starter. I'm not letting that happen again. And I imagine he would have done everything in his power to either take over for Drew or go somewhere else and then be the guy there. But that's just me. But But the point of what I was saying was about Tom Brady is, like, this whole thing where every year a team is like, well, at night in 2000, you know, we had our third round grade on Tom Brady. We could have drafted him. Can we like stop with that shit? Because that happens every year. Where anytime a yeah. star comes out of like day three of the draft, they're like, "Well, uh, you know, me and me and the GM were talking. We could have drafted him, but we didn't." And it's like, why are we fucking talking about this then? Yeah. Like I've and seen like- so many reports of like any team that drafted a quarterback in two thousand, including Baltimore had a, like a third-round grade on Tom Brady. Then I'm like, why didn't you fucking draft him? Why did you draft Chris Redman and not draft Tom Brady? I would be the one on this side of the fucking conversation having six fucking Super Bowls right now. Tom Brady with our defense is unstoppable. <laughs> Bro, I would be talking mad shit right now. I would be like, I, I don't care. Like, There's nothing anyone could say to me. If Ray Lewis and Tom Brady were on the same team, and then we still get Ed Reed in 2002. Like, bro. And then if, if everything stays the same in a way with, like, draft picks, dude, they're running the fucking table in the AFC. But it didn't. Didn't happen. No, we got Kyle bro. Bowler in 2003. <laughs> oh, dude, I wanted him to be good so bad as a kid. I was like, oh, this, you know, he's, I didn't know much about it. I mean, I didn't, it was like, oh, three. So I was, what, nine? I was like, oh, he's a quarterback, and he just was dog shit. I'm like, this sucks. Come on, you got 
you guys did you guys get Jeff Garcia at one point? No. No, 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 no. Who who was your guy that came in after uh after Bowler? Was that Jimmy Clausen? No, Jimmy Clausen, that was like two thousand what, ten? No, uh I th- I think after Bowler they are like I mean draft wise, uh I don't know about draft wise, but I know they went they know they got Steve Smith in like oh five. Not Steve Smith, excuse me. Steve McNair. So oh, like, like, yeah, so they got him a couple years after. And then in oh what, oh seven or oh six, they drafted Troy Smith the year oh, he won yeah. the Heisman. And, and then those nowhere. Yeah, which I mean the guy I mean, which was kind of surprising because he had a good year in college, but also hot fucking take. Can we stop any and, and this Baltimore hasn't done this? Well, they kind of did, but whatever. Can we stop going after Notre Dame fucking quarterbacks? They're not good. No. The, the last good Notre Dame quarterback was Joe Montana in like 1970 fucking five. Notre I Dame mean, does not produce quarterbacks. We got to stop drafting. I'm terrified them. of Alabama quarterbacks. Yeah, but see, this time around, though, they're better. Like the early start with like Greg McElroy or what was it? John Paul Jones or whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah. Um, AJ McCarron. Yeah. Like, sure. that. But once they kind of went to like a different style quarterback, when they started going like the Jalen Hurts and then they obviously went to uh, and then Mac and then and like a couple other guys before that who were kind of like, all right, you know, there, there's progress was when I was like, all right, they're kind of putting more effort into getting a different style quarterback at least guys who are at least a little bit more mobile. And then you go straight to fucking Jalen who can just run up and down the field. Like it's nothing. And it's like, <laughs> should have done this fucking 10 years ago. Yeah. But at the same time, there's been a lot of misses on okay. Alabama quarterbacks. I mean, Hey, I mean, Hey, they had, they had Joe Namath in the sixties. Bear Bryant had Joe Namath. So I'll give him that. And I, I'm still not sold on Jalen hurts or Tua. a hot take. And I've been saying this on the podcast. Two is going to the Pro Bowl. With 100%. Atlanta? I mean, he'll probably be their best player. Well, because he would know Tua in Miami. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. I was thinking Mariota, huh? No, because Tua, he's got a new coach who finally believes in him because Brian Flores had zero interest in him. Nah. He's like, I want to draft someone else. Yeah, or he wants Tom Brady or some other shit. And then, you know, Jalen Waddle's there, great D threat. And then you go after Tyreek Hill. What? You go after guys like uh, Moster and Edmonds. So the running game's solid. As long yes. as they can stay healthy, it's a solid running game. I have always hated playing in Miami and watching the Patriots playing in Miami. Because they always got it's you. It's going to be even worse this year. And their defense is solid. You know, they brought in Armstead. And it's like, yo, who was going to have a year? He's finally not going to get hit. He's finally going to have a chance to throw it. Like, I understand people hate Tua for whatever the reason is. I really don't get it. I I mean, the last eight games last year, he really pulled through. Right? Like, it wasn't perfect. I mean, yeah, but it's still better than what they were giving, like, letting him do the first two years. Because, like, how are you going to develop him as a quarterback when you're constantly playing him and then taking him out in the fourth quarter or you're making him share, like, halves with fucking Ryan Fitzpatrick? It's like, what that are you doing? J- Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Like, you're just wait- like, Why did you draft him then? Like, why did you go out of your way to get him at five? Like, a real test of a quarterback is, can you throw him out in the fourth quarter down 10 points and let him lead you to victory? It's like, we don't know because we don't let him do it. And it's like, if you guys didn't like him that much, why didn't you just get Justin Herbert? Yep. He was there. Like, there's no excuse. You let him pass. It's like, then it's like then fuck off. Although, I, I do think uh, Justin Herbert's going to be better than Phillip Rivers, but I think they drafted another Phillip Rivers. I really hope not because, like, those fans deserve something. They do. I, mean, I don't. I mean, the AFC just, I mean, the AFC West is, impo- it's going to be even more difficult than ever now that Russell Wilson decided to end the fucking conversation. 
I just I hope they get something good because like you had Drew Brees didn't work out for them. Then he obviously leaves to go to New Orleans, wins a Super Bowl. Dude. Had Eli lost Eli, yeah. Eli won with someone else, and you 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 got you know supposedly the better quarterback. Yeah, and then he you get close in what 2010 when they had like statistically one of the better offenses ever, and then he doesn't nothing really happens because it just doesn't work out. Even when they had Ladainian Tomlinson, and then it's like. Now you get Herbert, and it's like you got to do fucking something with the guy. Now you have to win. You can't do this a third time in a row where you get a quarterback you know is good and has a talent, but you just don't fucking win. They need a they need a tight end around them, and I don't think what they have now is good enough to get you to the Super Bowl, both in terms of blocking and pass catching. Because what their starters, what Jared Cook, right? Yes. Yeah, my man's kind of old. He's kind of up there in the NFL age. He's, what, like 35? 36? Something like that? Uh, I want to say he's like 32. Dude, he's 32? There's no way. Let's see. He's 35. Okay, so yeah, 35. Damn. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, that dude's been in the league for a fucking hot minute. And I mean, he's been fairly productive with them. But I, I just don't think he gives the length and speed that you want out of a tight end right now. Because a lot of these guys are starting to be, you know, they're like big in the chest. But, you know, the, these guys are built more like wide receivers now than they, yeah. you know, are linemen. Well, I mean, now they they do have Gerald Everett so and Donald Parham Jr. So hopefully that works out. I mean, the fact that they were able to re-sign Mike Williams is great. They needed that. Because if they lost Mike Williams, they would have been fucked. I mean, but even the fact that they got J.C. Jackson, they got Kyle Vinoy now, you know, they got Asante Samuel Jr. Hopefully I mean, I am not worried about their three. defense. Yeah. But they need to find someone that can run the ball. I mean, Austin Eckler's there when he's healthy. Yeah, um, but I don't think he lasts more than one more year with Los Angeles before he's let go. Yeah. Um, but their their skill positions need a lot of work, and they're spending a lot on their defense, so they're going to have to get some really good hits in the draft. I mean, hopefully they do. I mean, I'm sure I don't know who they. I don't remember who they drafted, but hopefully it works out for them. I mean, shit, it's gonna be tough though, because like the Broncos got way better, Chiefs got better, Raiders got better. I mean, shit, the Raiders can fucking win the division. They got fucking Devontae Adams and Jalen Jones. So you pretty much just fixed your Amari Cooper, Camille, uh, Khalil Mack problem from a few years ago. True. Just changed that and like did it better. I mean, sure. I mean. I guess it depends on how you feel about Cleo Mack, but Devontae Adams is a way better wide receiver than Amari Cooper is. Like, Yes. So the fact that they were able to pull that off is even – it was impressive in itself. So cause like every, it seems like a lot of – even like the AFC East, you guys would be competitive. I mean, the Jets – I know I'm not super convinced on the Jets still, but – I mean, um, at least they had a good draft, but, you know, now they got to actually put it together. Yeah, it's the still season. the Jets. So – I mean, I mean like, you still this have is you a guys. really big year for Joe Douglas. Yeah, this could be a year where if he doesn't perf- if he doesn't get into the playoffs, he'll probably be gone. But that's yeah. But even getting the playoffs in the AFC is gonna it's tougher than ever now because you still got like in your division, still got Josh Allen. You got you guys, and the Dolphins are looking up. I mean, they've gone only better on at least on paper. So it's like you're. I mean, even the AFC North. Now the fucking Deshaun Watson's there and Amari Cooper and the Browns. And it's like, what the fuck just happened? I mean, the Bengals are a team now. They bolster their offensive line to a level that I didn't think was going to happen. Pittsburgh is kind of like, it's, I mean, their defense is still there, but it's offensively they're like, okay. I mean, they got some good young wide receivers in the draft and Pickens and Austin, but it's like, is Kenny, I mean, I hope Kenny Pickett works out because I've been kind of pro Kenny Pickett to the Steelers for a while. And the fact that I called out was very impressive. Yeah, but how many times do you see where a guy who comes from the same area as where he's being drafted actually be successful? And I know that's not a uh, 
you know, a metric for success, but it's a little too on the nose for me. So I don't know if he'll be the superstar that Pittsburgh wants him to be. I mean, hey, it worked out for James Conner, though. He was, what, like a third, fourth round pick, and he, he had a few good years in Pittsburgh. Now now he's with uh, Arizona, right? Yeah. But now, yeah, now he's a starter because after Evans left to go to uh, Miami. Yeah. I but mean, see, I, the I last time, though, a Pittsburgh quarterback coming out of college went in the first round, Pittsburgh passed on him. They were like, yeah, we're okay. Do you know when that was? Do you know who that was? I don't. Uh, it was in 1983. The man's name is, uh, you probably oh. heard of it, it's Dan Marino. Oh. Yeah, they passed on Dan Marino. Now think about that. Pittsburgh, during that like 80s and 90s, were kind of like, they were kind of okay. They weren't great, weren't bad. They were just, they were, they were all right. They weren't their 70s selves. Yeah. But think about them with Dan Marino. They're winning a fucking, that's a Super Bowl. They're winning more Super Bowls. And then if they fall into Dan Marino, and if he just lasts into like when Roethlisberger gets drafted, it's like, bro. Or even if like he like retires in two thousand or ninety nine, whenever he retired, and they kind of just suck ass and but continue and get still get Roethlisberger, it's like, come on, it's like that falls into your lap. So for <laughs> me, a lot of the intangibles that Pickett has compared to Marino coming out of college, in my opinion, are kind of similar. I mean, sure. Kenny Pickett's a lot more mobile than Dan Marino is. And obviously I don't think Kenny Pickett has as great as arm as Marino did coming out of college, but I think it could work out. I mean, what the last couple of times a Pittsburgh quarterback was even draft eligible was like Nathan Peterman. Oof. And we know and how he, that worked out. Yeah. He was just a big, he was a big meme guy. Like the NFL fans loved him, but he wasn't, he's not that great of a quarterback. No, not when you throw five picks and a half. Exactly. So, I mean, hopefully it works out. Hopefully it works out in a way where, like, Baltimore still gets the better of them, but, like, enough to where they do good on their own besides that. Because, like, I don't want them to be good against Baltimore. Like, fuck them. Yeah. I mean, I think the most competitive uh, division this year is still going to be the AFC North. I think the only thing uh, that is stopping the Bengals – from winning the division, the the division this year is if their uh, newly paid offensive lineman completely shit the bed. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that stops the Bengals from winning the division this year. I mean, shit, they would want a Super Bowl with their with their rough fucking offensive line they had last year. It's like even if they had one more or two more decent linemen last year, that's a Super Bowl. Super Bowl team, yep. Even the fact that the Bengals were in the Super Bowl is still a concept I'm not really used to. It's like, wait, the Bengals. Well, I mean, you know, they they won their first playoff game in 30 years. And it just so. sucks as a Ravens fan because, like, I remember watching, like, Carson Palmer and, o- and Ocho Cinco and then that era, and then they went from Andy Dalton to A.J. Green, and I'm like, dude, A.J. Green used to light up Baltimore. And I'm like, all right, cool. Excuse me. You know, they don't have them anymore. They're kind of on a decline. Then they get Joe Burrow. Then last year they draft Jamar Chase. And I was like, I got to do this again. (laughs) I'm like, I don't. And Jamar Chase, dude, he fucking made Baltimore look like he was playing a high school team. It was so hard to watch because he literally just did whatever he wanted. Like Baltimore couldn't stop him. The guy was, he was literally the fastest guy in the fucking field. And like, if there's dude, one thing that they can do is the Bengals can draft uh, some yard burners for you. Both yeah. on the run, after the catch, you, you you don't have too many guys who you go uh, that, you know, that you can't beat them down the line. Yeah. And it but, seems like every five or six years they get that guy. Oh, 100%. And it's frustrating as fuck. But that's why I think Baltimore this year, like at least how they've been treating the offseason, like putting a lot of effort into their defense, especially their secondary, has been awesome to see. I mean, I, I hope Humphrey and Peters come back healthy because they had their injury issues last year. Got Marcus Williams, drafted Kyle Hamilton. Still have Chuck Clark, and I don't know what's going to happen with him because he kind of did the whole like remove everything Baltimore from a social media thing that's like a big trend for yeah. a lot of players. Well, I mean, when you when you got guys, you know, like you do have Humphrey and Peters, you know, 
And then you draft a guy like Kyle Hamilton, you go, so where do I fit in? You you kind of feel you, you kind of feel a little bit uh miffed about that. You're like, I thought I was the guy, and then you go out and get this guy. Yeah. I mean, no, I understand, like I I get why he did it. It's just like fuck. It's like I like him on the team, but again, if yeah, if you go from starter to backup, which isn't really your fault. I mean, because Baltimore had a rough year last year in all facets of the of the team, like every one of them. I mean, their defensive back situation was every other week a guy was going down with an ACL injury. Yeah, and then they're they're like they literally had to like what sign eleven guys in like two days just to make enough players for the roster, and I'm like, bro, I'm watching guys who have never stepped foot in the NFL before. I'm like, what is happening? And the one guy you have who's been there for a few years in Clark, and you know, I don't think anyone was expecting to be successful with that secondary last year. And for all the production that even then he was still able to put in, you got to be happy with what you got there. Oh, no, I'm happy. I mean, even with Deshaun Elliott, when he was playing before he got hurt, I mean, they I mean, they were playing well. I mean, again, the secondary, again, had its moments where they were getting burned, but then they were also losing a guy every week. Yeah. To the point where and, you're playing like you're starting your rookies and you got a bunch of undrafted guys or like guys who just didn't make active rosters. It's like. You're literally just going to the bottom of the barrel. You're like, we just need fucking any. We just need bodies at this point. Like, no no team expects to lose three, four, five defensive backs to season-ending injuries. Yeah. That's very hard to come back from. And even then, you guys still made the season playable. It wasn't like you just laid down. And, hey, even through all that, they were, what, first in the AFC for a couple weeks? Dude, when they were first, I was like, what the fuck is happening? I was like, even through all these injuries, Baltimore's still 8-3. and I'm like, this is amazing. And then they lost six straight, and I was like, well. (laughs) Well, That happens when, when, you know, you lose your entire, you know, defense. You know, your quarterback sits out, has to sit out a couple of games. You lose your left tackle, it was ankle injury again, and then start Alejandro Villanueva, who is, and I'm sorry, he can do a way better job of tackle than I can, but my man was rough on the fucking field. See, and that's the thing I worry about with the Bengals, is you guys signed some really good guys last year. It's, they got paid. Are they going to perform? Are they going to be in the right system? Yeah, but at least with, I mean, going like Villanueva, I remember when he when he signed, all the comments were from Steelers fans, and they were like, "We're so happy he left because he was dog shit. Like he was so bad for Pittsburgh." And I was like, "That's not that's not something I'm looking forward to." But at least from my experience, when I saw that Bengals signed those guys, I didn't I didn't see the same reaction from other teams' fans. They were like, "Damn, like can we we lost this guy?" And it's like that seems in a way better. At least if I was a Bengals fan, I'm like, all right, that would make me feel a little better. That you know, the fans are kind of like, "Damn, I wish we kept him." Or like, "Fuck, we couldn't. Sucks that we couldn't." pay them to stay or whatever and it's like well you know hopefully all that it works out but i think the afc though is going to be an absolute nightmare while the nfc is going to be like at least on paper kind of a cakewalk for a lot of teams i mean because like yeah. tom brady's going to be do well do you hope aaron Rodgers is going to get past that fucking point of like the nfc championship i mean we're gonna see what it's like for him to have to be tom brady this year yeah, he's gonna have to pull it. To, he's gonna have to have a Tom Brady year. I, I mean, I, do I don't it. think he's gonna have a bad year, but if he wants to really make a run at something, he's gonna have to have a transcendent year. Yeah, and, or, or unless like Christian Watson, who they drafted in the second round, just becomes an absolute fucking baller on the field. And that's a big if. Yeah, I mean, it's not that big, but I mean, you're kind of trying to he, fill in the spot. He's, he's being thrust in the position where. I need to perform now. Well, yeah. I mean, because you just lose, you know, the top wide receiver in the entire league, and it's like, fuck. Like, now it's just wide open. How do you match that production? Yeah. I mean, say at least the Rams, though, I mean, they upgraded from what? They had Robert Woods and Van Jefferson and OBJ to getting, still having Cup, and then getting Allen Robinson instead of Van Jefferson. They trade Robert Woods, but, dude, getting Allen Robinson's huge for them. Like, that's nuts. Again, if you can stay healthy. But, I mean, going from what? Blake Bortles and whoever the fuck else they had in Jacksonville to dealing with every, like, quarterback they had in Chicago to now going to a guy like Matthew Stafford 
a team that's established, a team that's already proven they can win. So it's like, I can imagine it's probably like a relief. It's like, finally, I can actually like play fucking well and like, no, I'm going to be good. Not have to worry about where the ball's going to go. I just exactly. got to be there. Yeah, because he knows. I mean, I would assume he knows that he's not getting first. Like, he's not getting wide receiver one touches. He's not getting that. That's Cooper Cup 100%. I mean, he had the yeah. greatest wide receiver year in NFL history. But now you got a guy who can spread the field a bit. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I think the Rams are going to be. You don't have to put you don't have to put Cup in all those situations where he's going to get blasted. Yeah, the he's, in, he's in need to get like twenty catches a game. So. I mean, you know, Cooper Cup's still going to go all the way across, but you know, you're not going to be able to double triple team him every single exactly. down. So, but the Rams, though, I mean, getting Bobby Wagner and getting Troy Hill back, it's like, dude, they're fucking. They're, they got it. I don't know what it is for them, but they got it. And it's like, dude, it's going to be hard to stop. I mean, they could take over the NFC East. They could, not the NFC East, excuse me. Take, the, take over the NFC again. And there's still a possibility that they re-sign OBJ. I mean, yeah. I seriously doubt it at this point. But well, I mean, it's still totally possible. I think it's still possible. Oh, Have you seen the uh, the the Twitter thing between uh, Marlon Humphrey and Kyle Hamilton today? I did not. I mean, I'm assuming uh, so it's good. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's fun. It's a fun little, uh, you know, vet versus uh, rookie thing. Oh, God. Let me pull and, you know, up. we got rookie meeting camp this week. So, uh, Mar- Marlon Humphrey goes, uh, hoping you can make this uh, this dream come to reality because, you know, Kyle Hamilton's about to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's uh, convincing uh, Kyle Hampton to get him a 2022 McLaren. Oh, jeez. And uh, Hamilton uh, tweeted back at him. He said, consider it done. Put his number on it. Oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, the Marlow Mobile. <laughs> oh, God. What's up, Rook? Glad to have you on the squad. Let's make some plays. <laughs> this is a 2022 McLaren. Just got in town at the local dealership. Only 400K. Signing bonus is going to be around nine million if you got it for me as a kid. That would be solid. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's this is good enough. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Sorry, we're not going to cut your hair weird to put popcorn in your car. Just buy me, buy me a McLaren. Yeah. We're not going to bully you. Oh, just just buy us, just buy me like a really expensive car, and then we'll be like good. But no, honestly, to the draft though, I think Baltimore killed it in the draft. I know a lot of people were upset. That Baltimore didn't draft a wide receiver. I know. But they did get really two really good receiving tight ends. So obviously, God forbid something happens to Mark Andrews. They got Charlie Kohler and they got Isaiah Likely. So I'm excited for that. And also, I think with Nick Boyle having injury issues last year, and he's one of our better tight ends as well, especially in the blocking end. It's like they need, need to bring more, in, they need yeah, to bring in a couple of guys. And you're really starting to see teams carry three tight ends now. And one of those guys to leave could be, um, you just said his name and it just in my ear and out. What Kohler or likely or Mark Andrews? No, no, the 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 backup tight end. Oh, Nick Boyle. Yeah, you 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 could see Nick Boyle uh, be a, be a cap casualty at the end of camp. Maybe, yeah. I mean, especially if they're gonna bring in two guys like this, and I mean. These aren't sixth, seventh round guys that you drafted. You're more than likely going to keep around yeah. your uh, your fourth round picks. Yeah, but I think also like having Nick Boyle, especially with how the offense is run, he fits really well. And losing him would only just hurt Baltimore more than would anything. I also think the the signing when they drafted a uh, Tyler Beatty, the running back out of Missouri in the sixth round, was great because we don't know realistically how. Uh, Edwards or Dobbins is right now, like health wise. I'm assuming they're recovering well. That's the hope. I mean, it's it's still good to have uh, like an insurance at yeah. least until something. I mean, because I think Todd Brady's a good running back, and the the fact that he fell to the sixth round, I was genuinely surprised. I thought he was gonna go like fourth or fifth. And you guys, did you guys lose out on the sweepstakes to uh, Ingram? Or is he Melvin not signed Ingram? yet? He's not huh? signed yet. I, th- I think Melvin Ingram. The last thing I saw was that. The top two teams for him are the Dolphins or the what the Chargers or the Chiefs, something like that. One of those teams I don't remember. 
But no, he's still not signed yet. I mean, shit. Oh, we no, almost he had Darius Smith. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, one year deal back with the Broncos. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think he signed last week. Oh, that's probably why I didn't see that. I mean, shit, Baltimore was had this Darius Smith, but Von Miller decides, I'm going to get a bigger deal. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> he signed that. I was like, well, we're not getting to Darius because he's going to ask for a bag. And that's kind of what he got. I mean, it was a little bit more than what Baltimore was offering, but I think it was like the per year is what he wanted more. And then Baltimore just couldn't, with the cap they have, they just couldn't match it. I mean, I hope they've re-signed Justin Houston soon. There's a lot of guys that still are not signed yet that they've re-signed. So we'll see how that goes, but... Oh, it's going to be an interesting year. It's definitely going to be. This year is going to be, I think, one for the record books just because, like, of how fucking insane this year is. Because, like, I think realistically, we could honestly see the AFC West. I know it's going to be very difficult, but they could have the entire playoffs. I mean, they could have their division, and then the three wildcard spots could legitimately be them. I mean, that's going to be tough. Baltimore just put a. Uh, a free agent tender on Justin Houston. So love that. More than likely, they're eventually going to sign him. Yeah, not he, he was pretty good last year for Baltimore. He was. So, and it was surprising after the last couple of years because it looked like he was kind of slowly slowing down. But he played really good last year. And also, they, I mean, at least on the edge, too, they still have Ties Bowser, still have Odafe Owe, who they drafted last year, who did way better than I think literally anyone expected. Yeah. And, and then they drafted Jobo in the second round for Michigan, which is a fucking steal. If that guy didn't get hurt during his pro day, he'd be a first-round draft pick, in my opinion. Overall, I, I mean, think... You guys definitely need a little bit more, you know, veteran leadership on your D-line. It Over the last couple of years, you know, you know, you've now lost to Darius Smith. You lost Ngakwe. Yeah, but they still have, you know, they still have Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf. Um... Justin Matabuke is kind of becoming that. He's been there for a few years now. I mean, if they re-get Justin Houston, he definitely adds that veteran presence. Still have Tyus Bowser, who's with them, I think, like five, six years, something like that. Yeah. So it's there. It's just it's you, not I, as like vocal. I think I want him to be a little bit more productive the way that Smith and Ngakwe were. Like, yeah, I feel I mean, like they have a lot of guys that – they got a lot, a lot of guys who have produced. Yeah. But – they, they're going to start needing guys who will continue to produce for them. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, that's Jobo and, o, and, o, and Owe. Cause, I mean, I, mean I, really, I really like the Ravens' second through fourth round. Dude. They hit on nearly everything. Travis Jones, I was like, yo, the first four picks, I was like, Baltimore just smashed. You got your starting center. And you're going to have you, you got your starting safety, excuse me. And then you drafted your starting center, essentially. You get a Jobo who's going to, if he is healthy enough, he's going to eventually get some really good time on the field when he gets back. You get Travis Jones, who's going to be, a, I hope, again, these keywords, I hope, a solid detackle for Baltimore. I'm like, dude, you got guys who were supposed to go in the first, second round and fell in the third and fourth, like second, third. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. So, but hey, you guys got Cole Strange, though. Congrats on that. I mean, I can't think back to a time where Belichick didn't hit on a guard, at least that early in the draft. Was it a bit of a reach? Very much so. Yeah, but if he works out, though, it's no, it immediately becomes it was a steal or like, yes, you know, it's gonna be like the biggest. If, if that guy becomes like an all pro guard or whatever, he's gonna be like. Belichick was seeing something we, no one saw, but that's how he always is. He always goes for guys like he, at least how I've always understand it is like there's everyone's opinion and then there's Belichick's. Like he operates on his own fucking planet when it comes to like players. Like he sees things that like, it seems like no one else fucking sees. Goes after guys that like people would be like, I wouldn't go after to like the third or fourth round. And it's like, well, I got him in the second and look at him now. He just became our starting center, and he's now an all-pro center. So, like, shut the fuck up. And it's like, well, right. Like, like Belichick's pick could go either way. It could go, it could go uh, the McVay laughing at the pick, or McVay now shutting his ass up, be like, I now got to deal with Cole Strange. I mean, shit. Look at Trent Brown. I know you guys didn't draft him, but guy went the seventh round and then became a guy. It's like, 
that's the thing. I, that's the one thing I don't like about the draft process is like everyone is so solidified on like where you go in the draft is like super important. And it's like, it's kind of not, it's been proven now, but I think, I don't know the last 60 years that realistically where you go in the draft doesn't fucking matter. As long as you go to the right team in the draft, that's more important than where you, what, like what round you went in. Cause like by now it's like, look at, I mean, yes, you have Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Terrell Davis, excuse me. A lot of the guys like Warren moon went undrafted hall of famer. When you get guys who work steals every year who go in day three and it's like, well, why don't we see this? It's like, cause you guys are too fucking focused on like, the guys, everyone, it seems like all the big names, and then it's like everyone else is like, eh. And, I mean, you, you really got to think about, I think the NFL is really the most likely destination where undrafted guys can make a uh, an impact first year just because of how physical the game is yeah, and how daunting the uh, the cap situations can be. That if they're put in the right situation and a team's like, we would rather put money into a less expensive guy than keep this guy who's making $7 million a year, they're going to get reps. A lot of times, it really does come down to what the financials are with these teams. They're like, we need an extra $3 million to cover these so-on salaries for the rest of the year. Got to go get our practice squad guys. Yeah, and sometimes... And- Thing work out. It just works out. I mean, but like a lot, Belichick just signed a undrafted free agent that's made the roster for like twenty straight years. I not think all of them thing like that too. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like everyone's going to hit, but the guys who hit hit. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, look at like Matthew. What Judon went in like the fifth round or something. Yeah. No one thought he'd be a guy. Look at him now. He's in fucking New England getting like 11 sacks a year or whatever it is. It's like, the fuck? Dude, when he went to New England, I was so mad. Because I'm like, I knew he, we, we, I knew we couldn't pay him. There wasn't a fucking chance. I honestly thought he was going to ask for more. I'm surprised we even got him for what we got him for. I thought he would have at, at least been 60, 65 to 70 million a year. So the fact that we got him for 56. Yeah. I was very surprised. To be honest, though, Bill always seems like the kind of guy that's like, here's a number, and that's it. Yeah. This is what I'm giving you. We can we can kind of get close. If your number's closer, sure, we can work on that, but I'm not yeah. going. There's the, I know where we're at, and we're not going there, and if you don't like it, good luck. There are plenty of other teams that will pay you. Yeah, and we're not one of those teams. <laughs> I mean, they did pay a few guys, though, last, what, not this last season, the year before, whatever it was, or this last offseason. They did. They, and they spent like twenty, first time in 20 years. Dollars. Yeah, that they actually went out and spend money on established veterans. Okay, so since you are a diehard New England fan, I want to ask you the question that I feel like every New England fan gets nowadays. During the Brady Belichick era, do you think it was more Brady or Belichick? I have to say Brady, because I think coaching only takes you so far. And we've seen with Belichick on bad years that he can have, especially draft-wise. Yeah. You can point to uh, 05, uh, 09, and 2013. They were bad draft years. You still put Tom Brady in with those guys. I feel like if you took Tom Brady out of those years, those are four-win teams. And while I think coaching gets you so far, I think without the leadership from Tom and the consistency that he brought you, you aren't where you are. But I, I don't know. I, I would take Brady over Belichick. As like an outsider, I it's. I mean, I totally get both sides of the argument. I do. But yeah, I kind of think... At least where I'm at now, I definitely think it's Brady. Because, like, Belichick has had good years, and, like, even the year where Brady was hurt, you still have Matt, you still have Matt Castle or Casella, however the fuck you say his name. You still went 11 and 5. May have missed the playoffs, but you still went 11 and 5. Yeah, but it's like, still, you even with a quarter backup, it's like you, you couldn't even make the playoffs at 11 and 5. 
I mean, I, I don't discount anything that Belichick's done, especially roster construction-wise. He has definitely made things work. Yeah. There, there, There's no doubting that. I just think when you get on the field, it's a whole different game. Yeah. And it's, it's not like Brady, you know, wasn't helping, like coaching-wise, helping guys get better. Or, you know, Belichick, you know, wasn't in the ears of everybody. You know when they were out on the uh, out on the field, but I, I think there's only so much that Belichick can do to affect the outcome of the game when you get there. I'm gonna end it here because uh, my friend Duke here is losing his fucking mind, as you can prop, as you can hear. So before I th- thank you, Emerson, for coming on. Oh, thank uh, you. I do appreciate it. Um, I don't know if you want to plug your socials. I don't know that if you want to do that. If you don't, it's no big deal. Just... I know. I'm good. I'm not too active on there. Fair enough. Well, I do thank you for coming on. I apologize that uh, we had a menace to fucking society during this entire time. And hope you know, next time this will not happen. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you, and uh. Everyone listening, she made it this far. I do appreciate it. Uh, the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor, of course, here on YouTube. Anywhere podcasts are available, this podcast is available. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, rate the podcast five stars, and I will see you all next time.